Hey, Sparkler parents, welcome to the podcast and thanks for joining me if you're watching on YouTube. And today we will um, be demonstrating a little bit of an activity and I'll provide a download for you to print off uh, to use with your kids. So I'm excited to share that with you. We're going to close up chapter three in our book um, review of brain-based parenting, the neuroscience of caregiving for healthy attachment. Um, this book is available. I don't have any affiliation with this book at all, other than it was something that was recommended reading to me when I became a certified infant massage instructor. And I might have looked through it at that point, but I didn't really read it. Um, and as I'm reading it now, it's a really good book because it explains so much of the things that we feel as parents, but we may not understand what's going on, or we attribute some of these challenges that we're having as parents to just, this is just the way it is. And I think what I'm learning as I'm reading this book is that when we're having uncomfortable situations um, or when we're feeling not so great about an engagement we're having with our kids um, or partners or any family member really, it's a warning sign. Um, that something's not right, that something is causing a, uh, an imbalance in, in the stress and then the resources I, as a person, have to um, buffer that stress. Stress is adaptive. Stress can be adaptive and can be helpful. Um, this is how we grow. We have to be challenged to grow. But when that challenge is so overwhelming or there are so many challenges, you get stuck. Um, I guess one thing for me, I tend to be very busy. And um, I think that, that I put a lot of that stress on myself. But even though that was a lot of self-imposed stress due to things that I want to do, plus the things I have to do, um, it in the past, it may have come out my the way that I coped with my stress was uh, impacting my relationship with my kids. Uh, if I was yelling or if I was short with them or their little idiosyncrasies made me feel irritated um, to the point where I didn't want to maybe play with them or whatever. Those are symptoms of blocked care uh, due to due to stress. It's not a pathology. There's nothing wrong with you. It's a, it's a signal that, that if you're feeling that way, if you're feeling like you can't be present for your kids um, and it's kind of this growing feeling within you, that's a signal that something else in your life is out of balance. Um, one of the things that was told to me was, you know, if I throw a hundred balls at you, how many are you gonna catch? And my first instinct is to say, well, at least a couple. No, if somebody threw a hundred balls at you, you're not catching any of them. Most likely you're turning your back. Most likely you're putting your arm up in front of your face. Um, you're not gonna be able to, to catch anything. That, that is too much stress. And then you don't have access to what you normally would have access. In this case, strength coordination, eye-hand coordination to catch a ball. If I'm too stressed, I don't have access to that. So if you're too stressed, you don't have access 
to all of the great things about you as a parent. And um, so that's what the, the end of this chapter here kind of highlights. And it, it just, it goes on about um, the brain and blocked care, stressed out parenting. And some really interesting things um, here, and, and none of this, I, I don't mean to say any of this to scare you because if this was you in the past or if this is you today, our brains are neuroplastic. Our children's brains are neuroplastic. So when you know better, you can do better. And I say this as much for myself, there should be no shame um, felt that if in the past you re reacted to your children in a different way, we can change. Again, that is not who you truly are. Those reactions were self-protection in the moment you perceived you needed to do that. Now, after you can kind of sit back and think about it and all of your um, parenting centers are online, you can reflect hmm, maybe that wasn't the best choice. Maybe I could have done that differently. Maybe my tone of voice did sound um, condescending. Uh, maybe I wasn't being respectful. Maybe my child's reaction to me wasn't exactly the reason why I thought um, whatever had happened or didn't happen. Um, so you can create some space for yourself and reflect later that's where journaling can come in or, you know, having a friend to talk to. I highlighted some things in the book here. Um, and one that kind of goes off of that, it says, sometimes that parents who have unresolved memories of painful, frightening, or shaming experiences tend to be prone to being triggered by their interactions with their children into unparental states of mind, during which they lose touch with what is happening in the parent-child relationship in the moment. So it's not that you are not able to be accessing those parenting centers all of the time, but in specific times of stress or when a specific statement is said, I know I feel that for myself. Um, I had a lot of anxiety as a kid and I don't think my parents meant to be anything negative uh, at all, uh, but I perceived a lot of what they told me um, in, a, in a negative way that I wasn't good enough and that I had to do more and that I had to do even more. Um, and so that was my perception that I was never good enough and I need to keep doing more to please other people. And so I get triggered easily when I'm told to correct something because I feel again, like a little kid, like I'm being, I'm never good enough. Uh, and so on the flip side, I try really hard to please people because I don't want them to be upset with me. And so I know this about myself, um, but it is not who I am. So if I really think about those thoughts compared to who I really feel, who I am at my essence, they're not the same. And that's exactly what's going on here in this book. They're talking about that in that early childhood time, our limbic system is really learning about the nature of interpersonal relationships. So somewhere along the line, I learned this, that in order to feel safe, I need to please people. Um, and again, 
it, this wasn't because my parents like explicitly taught that to me, but that was my perception. Um, and yet I can grow beyond that now. I can have more awareness. I can have more self-reflection as an adult to know, no, that's really not how it is. And I can notice and, and keep myself in check when I feel myself moving out of um, the space where I can have that self-reflection. And this is where stress comes in because if you already have those tendencies and then you're stressed, it's so much easier to fall back down to um, those primary uh, coping mechanisms. So building up good resources around you to be able to kind of help you tune into when you might be falling off of your center is very helpful for a parent. And then I'm going to say it's very helpful for our children too, uh, because they don't know what's going on. All of their reactions that seem out of character to them are exactly that. Their reactions to a stress. Now, are you the main stressor? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they're also feeling stressed from school, or maybe they had a difficult time playing with a friend and that you didn't even see what happened, but now here they are with you in a, a high, heightened state. And when you ask them to do something that they don't wanna do, they blow up at you. And so we can look at it antecedent and behavior, what happened right before the explosion, but sometimes it's not just that simple. Sometimes it's what happened the day before. Uh, sometimes it's what happened the day before plus everything that's happened in between, how well they slept at night, what they ate for breakfast. All of those things change us from a neurochemical standpoint, um, what neurotransmitters are circulating in our body, um, the levels of cortisol in our body, whether or not we got good sleep the night before. So all of these things work together in concert. And in our brains as parents, we have the capacity to be online with our kids a majority of the time. We have that capacity. Now, if we're feeling that we're not able to do that, again, that's a warning sign that something else is off and start being curious about what that is. Start being curious about how we can create some um, more space for us as, as parents. Um, so I'll just wrap it up here. In stressed out survival-based brain mode, um, that is the state of blocked care with the higher prefrontal regions of our brain suppressed. The vital functions of self-awareness and self-monitoring are offline. So again, if you're listening to me here and you think to yourself, there's no way I have this self-reflection. I just can't do that. I have no idea what you're talking about to observe yourself. They're saying right here in this book that that is a clear signal that you are so stressed out that the prefrontal areas of your brain that are supposed to help you with that, that parental executive system is offline. So take that as a, a, um, a good thing that you're aware of that now. Take that as a gift to use that as, as a signaling, um, as, a, as a message system for you that your body and your brain are communicating to you. 
and that we now know why and we need to take steps to help buffer the stress, remove stresses that are not essential in our lives and gain more resources. So one resource that I have for you and for your kids is this Calm Down Cube. So I'll um, put the link um, to the download in the show notes and the link also has a, a video link too. Pretty much you're gonna print out this uh, PDF and you fold on the dotted lines. Um, I'd like to use cardstock if you have it. It just makes for a firmer cube um, or, or a dice basically. Uh, if you don't have that, you could print it off on regular paper and maybe you have um, some other sort of small box or um, a dice from the dollar store that you can tape the pictures on. So that might work out too. And the way you want to use this um, for yourself or for your kids is just get used to all of the um, activities on all six of the sides. So you can look at those. And like I said, any of them that might be a little bit different, there's um, links showing you videos um, when you go to where this PDF is. Um, and so then you would practice just as a game, um, taking turns, rolling the dice, and both you and your child practicing whatever um, the cube says. So that's step one is to be aware of what these are. Step two is when your child or yourself are feeling a little bit out of sorts, a little bit off center. If we're trying to return to a state of more calmness, um, we can use the calm down, down cube. Now, caution, if our child is angry, if our child is mad, if you are mad or angry, the object of this is not to stop the anger it is to bring yourself into a state where you are no longer reacting. You're no longer kicking, you're no longer hitting or throwing something. And of course, that would be for our children, right? Throwing toys or yelling. So we can be angry, we can be mad without reacting. So it's not about taking away the emotion. It's about getting our child back to a state of calm and alert so that it can actually feel what this emotion is. All of that reaction is actually you or your child trying to get away from the emotion. Um, distraction would be another one um, or avoidance if they just don't even want to talk to you. Fine. Um, go ahead and have 60 seconds or two minutes on your own. Come back because I really want to play a game with you. And this will help create some space between the impulse and the reaction. So you would roll the cube and let's say it landed on, put on a song and jump or dance. Um, I asked my child, do you want to do this one? If they say no, okay, that's not a problem. It's my turn. I'm gonna roll the, the cube. I'll take six snake breaths and I'll invite the child to take six snake breaths with me. If they don't want to, that's not a problem but we're going to play this game. Maybe we'll set a timer. We're gonna play this game for five minutes um, and see how many we can get. Um, and it's totally okay if they don't wanna participate because at least they're standing there with you, working on maybe some breath work, modeling your breath work, modeling your calm voice um, so that they can start to kind of co-regulate with you 
to come back down to calm. But you keep going, taking turns. If the child doesn't want to do it, that's okay. You could have them continue to roll and choose it, or you could just pass the turn to this other person. Um, but see if that helps you. If five minutes seems too long, just do it for two minutes or three minutes. But this calm down cube, again, it doesn't take the child's emotion away. I don't wanna do that at all. I want them to actually be in a space where they can talk about their emotion without reacting in, um, in, in, uh, in a way that's hurting themselves or others. So it's, this is just to help create some space. All right, I would love to hear from you in the Facebook group. Um, this is a very long episode, almost 20 minutes long. So um, let me know as well if that's better for you, if you prefer the shorter um, episodes. Have a great day.